What a weekend for me, mostly. I'm not even going to. It's uh, what a time to prove fighting is easier from outside the cage, which means it's time for verbal tap. I am your host, Kevin, with me, of course, Raph Esparza. And Raph, special mm. guest podcast. Mm. Uh, I mean, sort of like a punching bag, if we're just. Mm. Yes. We have back from the Grappling Central podcast. Ryan Ford. Ryan, how are you doing this evening? Good, guys. How you doing? I'm having a rough weekend because of uh, the results of everything that went down, but uh, I'm glad to be back. Oh, you're having a rough weekend. <laughs> having, a hard, I'm having, a, having a hard what time. What a terrible week you had, Started Ryan. with a jolly party for his brown belt brother. Oh, Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm so sad. And then for your podcast, you had the worst possible guest you could have ever possibly <laughs> we're, gotten. We're for your starting with this, by the way, because I'm upset uh, about it. I'm not upset. I'm well. I'm jealous. <laughs> so I'm lashing out. I'm talking to not one but two people that I think are sort of subpar humans that have somehow parlayed their asshole talents into interviews with Hicks and Gracie. Do you guys know someone? Is there someone I have to kill? You would tell me, right? <laughs> I would totally tell you. Yeah, dude, that the, the whole the, there's two things uh that were really uh the stars just aligned on, on this on this interview for me. The first one is getting in touch with Hickson at all. Because uh, I was trying, I've tried for two years, and even Hoyler was telling me, like, dude, good luck. If you get a hold of him, tell him to call me. <laughs> so, uh, and then, uh, and then the other second part was uh, the fact that the episode went out at noon on Thursday, and then like three hours later, they make their video, they release the video that he got promoted to red belt. So everyone's looking at me like, holy shit, Ryan's a marketing genius, and I'm like, dude, I'm just an idiot. I just released it that day. It came out three hours later. Like I had no idea that was. I would argue hold on. extremely I- lucky extremely no. lucky extremely no lucky. that's that's far too much luck kevin me with my true journalistic tat i put it on i went into the facts and i got the facts kev what if i were to tell you he influenced a certain brother he put maybe about two bowls of acai down and said hey it's my 200th today hickson becomes a red belt you know what i'm saying <laughs> Yeah, they can thank me for that later. Absolutely. Okay, so let me let me ask this because this is really important. It was your 200th episode. There's no better way to celebrate. And I couldn't help but think when I saw because you didn't say who the guest was on our show, right? Or anywhere, yeah. Right, which is a dick move because we were nice enough to bring you on. <laughs> and then I thought about it and I go, mm, oh wow, he got Hickson on. So I guess my question to you is, how does it feel to follow in our footsteps yet once again? <laughs> It feels good, man. I uh, yeah, no, I we're, we're I'm excited, dude. I'm I'm excited for everything that's going on with the podcast. I'm I'm really thankful that uh, that I was able to get Hickson on. Uh, it, it was a great interview. I, I feel like um, you know he he explored some areas with me conversationally that he doesn't that he doesn't talk about a lot um, in other interviews. So I, I was real happy with it. I thought it was a good interview overall. Are you the judge of that because I have interviewed him as well, and I think it's important we stress that i interviewed him before you oh, drive into the mountains well and that time raf sent me actually the name of three people to kill to get in touch with him. so everybody ryan's full of shit <laughs> no i actually feel like hickson would be like the truth is to not kill ever and i'll appear like uh, okay i'm not ready so i know that this is funny and i know that people were hassling you about this because they were saying like oh man you, you have such great foresight but one person who definitely didn't see the red belt coming was hickson himself 
who had almost a what the hell response when they gave it to him. So how was your reaction like? Because I know that you felt that you already won the lottery once. But then this was like finding out you won the lottery and then you went to Vegas and then you hit big at the roulette table at the exact same day. Yeah, yeah, I was really blown away by it, man. In fact, when I saw it, I was thinking like, oh my God, this is going to be so good for SEO. <laughs> like, you know, people are going to be like uh, definitely looking it up to read the story and everything and hopefully they find the uh, the interview. But uh, but yeah, I was, I was blown away, man. I just, I was, you know, I think uh, someone made a post and said, all right, uh, this is going to have to be official Hicks and Gracie day. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy, man. I, I was really blown away by it. It's so gross. Favorite, like, you, favorite. <laughs> you, I, I don't want to step on the interview at all. Cause Raph, no. I'm about to ask you, you learned some breathing techniques. I did. He gave me a private. It's fine. No big deal. <sighs> Damn it. You've had a confidence about you. Since it's not I a just don't I like just, there's confidence. Wait, I, I can already well, sense it in Ryan's Kevin, voice. He sounds you know, stronger. <laughs> I will tell you this right now, Kevin. Which is, he's trying to now, like, coincide Hicks and Gracie Day with his podcast. Like, I didn't it say is. It. Put it, it wasn't out on a random day. Oh, you just told a story that happened to feature some random people who were like, I don't know, it'd be cool if we made today Hicks and Gracie Day. Because you know, Kevin, you know we also have a relationship with the Hicks and Gracie date. Uh, this day or his well, Red Belt? No, not today. We're just we're not trying to claim something just randomly today. <laughs> no, for us, we started this podcast on Hickson Gracie's birthday. Oh, little known a verbal trap. Working uh, on that. Uh, <laughs> As, uh, damn it! Well, and you spoke to him about it. Obviously, you two can't disclose. Mm. We haven't reached an Mm-mm. agreement yet. No, that's awesome. Um, well, I will ask this, Ryan, because I, I am intrigued to know what has been the best response that you've gotten from that interview? Because there was a lot of attention that was put on you this week. So there are a lot of people who are sending you love and and saying, like, man, what a day. And it, it, I know that that had to bring a new exposure level to your show. So what were some of the best responses you ended up getting? No, yeah, it definitely. I mean, it's been it's been just incredible. Um, a lot of people have been uh, just saying that they really liked that I didn't cover the same kind of stuff he's talked about before. And I and I noticed in like in other interviews he's done that like he seemed to want to not cover um, like all the same old fight stories and you know things about his family from the past and stuff. He seems to want to talk about what's in the present and future. So I tried to really keep it on that to keep him uh, you know to keep him excited about talking to me. Um, and, and, and I think a lot of people noticed that. So they gave me real good feedback, um, you know, as far as keeping it with, with new content that he hasn't, you know, talked about extensively, um, in the past. Um, I'll be honest, man, I'm, I'm, it's funny because when I started the podcast, like I really had very little, uh, desire to make the show about myself at all. Uh, and I still feel that way. So I still feel kind of funny when people are like, oh, dude, Ryan, you know, like, great job, blah, blah, blah. It's more like, well, I mean, you know, I mean, thanks. But I mean, Hickson is the one that gave all this incredible, like, content and, you know, shared knowledge with everybody. So uh, it's cool. I mean, I'm definitely blown away by it. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I'm, it, it, the feedback has just been amazing. It's been really good. And uh, and it's definitely given, so, given us some great exposure for sure. I just wonder that when you have that happen with you, I'll give you some podcaster to podcaster advice. Uh, it is awkward to be like part of the subject. Like sometimes I don't like putting myself as an I in uh, articles, 
But then at a certain point, there's only so many different ways to tell stories. And there are some times where you think and you go, oh, man, I don't know if I really want to say this. So when I was writing my article with Hickson, there was a moment where he gave me like a private breathing, uh, like little um, just help instructional. And it was only because I said, you know, how does it feel to be synonymous with like yoga and breathing and being so far ahead of the curve? And he looked at me and in, in mid-interview, he just goes, you breathe? And I go, <laughs> um, what? And he goes, you, you breathe? And I go, yeah, but I do like the Walmart version of what you do. <laughs> like, I don't I don't do anything. I was doing this one thing this week where I thought I was working on my breathing while I was rolling. And one of my friends, we get to the end of the roll and he goes, Raph, you know what you need to work on? And I was like, no. He goes, you're breathing. And I was like, I thought I was. Damn it. Hickson just looks at me and just is like, ha ha, that is funny. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you, Ethereal Hickson. I feel, I feel validated by what I do. And then he laid his hands upon the Raph. He taught you how. He was but, like, I shall make you breathe. <laughs> but because he did that and because I inserted myself unexpectedly into it, he gave me this really cool like breathing private. And when I went to the editors and I said, guys, I had something that's just really unique. But it happened to me and I just got to say it like that. So it could be like a sidebar article. And they were like, what did he do? And I go, what kind of like a breathing private? And they're like, you write that now. And I go, OK, well, <laughs> what are you supposed to do? So it, it, it can feel unnatural. Especially if, you know, that wasn't your intent when you start. But at a certain point, it just kind of happens. And uh, as long as it fulfills the story and it's true to you, which is something that you do on the show. Like, you don't pretend to be anybody else. So that's an important key. Like, for all the people who listen to us, myself, Kevin, on the show, like, when they say they're like, well, you guys suck. And it's like, well, that's us. So you suck. <laughs> fucking take it i don't care like you you learn to have a very good uh ability to uh see through it uh, kev i wanted to ask you this because while we're on this before we get to the ufc because we, we've got plenty of time to talk about this did you happen to see that gary tonin is going to do a podcast i mean i heard wind of it yes okay, okay. yeah what are your thoughts on that you know i get it it's really cute when you see like uh, a five-year-old in the gi, like doing what their parent is doing, like trying to <laughs> grab that lapel. It's fucking adorable. I mean, I can't mm. stop, you know, watching for a few minutes. By the fifth one, I'm like, all right, if I have time, and I feel like that's a pretty good summary for what basically is uh, evolution proof that we came from monkeys because Tonin's somewhere in between. <laughs> I mean, I, that's the most generous way to phrase it. I don't even... Uh, well, I just want to say uh, that's not even remotely true. Everybody knows Gordon is part monkey. I put that out there, I know. The theme for Gary Tonin could be everything you've heard about community college is true. I mean, the guy struggles <laughs> in every other aspect other than, you know, footlocks. Which is cute. I'll, I'll say this over Kevin. That, that's good. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there before you get murdered. Ryan, what are your <laughs> thoughts on this? Because we definitely have a take on it. But you now have put two years into this, and you've put 200 episodes, and apparently someone's blood. You just interviewed Hickson. I mean, there's a lot of effort here. That's right. So, <laughs> what are your thoughts about a star like Gary Tonin doing a podcast? I think it'll be cool, man. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm a big you fan. Would. Yeah. I mean, right. come on, man. What do you want me to say, man? I, I, <laughs> I like I like him a lot as a competitor. Um, I've wanted mm -hmm. to I've wanted to get him on the show. I haven't been able to. Um, 
but uh but no i think i think you know i think the more the more content that's out there uh the better i think it, i think it'll be cool i think it'd be cool to hear his take as someone who's a very high level competitor um you know on 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 his thoughts and views on jujitsu let me say this um you'll change your tune once you interview him Okay. You'll basically be like, Jesus, this asshole again. Here's what I'll tell you about Gary. And I said this publicly. But it's very funny because he put up a thing and he's like, "Uh, do you guys have any notes like for podcast or any kind of thing that I should do format? And I just kind of put a note that was just like, (laughs) no, from Adele, (laughs) accepting a Golden Globe. And Gary tried trolling this. He's like, well, you know, I'm going to put out one episode and overdo everything you've ever done. And I go, no, you're not, because you need to hit 230 before you talk to me. And he goes, if you mean 230 listeners, you're going to be in for a bad day. And I'm like, kid, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> Good try, though. 230 episodes. Now, the nice part about this is, and I said this publicly because there were a couple people who put on there. One person said, whatever you do, don't become verbal tap. <laughs> like, oh, geez. Whatever they don't do. And I like their status because I'm like, hey, they had the gumption to do it. So now I'm going to go and like them. And Gary <laughs> said, we're going to do the exact opposite of them. And I was just like, you're welcome to say whatever you want. But there was somebody in there that just said, uh, whatever you do, don't make it one of those BJJ comedy shows. They're so hacky. And I'm like, okay, well, that's probably us, but no big deal. And then they have somebody, uh, like, he he continues and he goes, make it inspirational. Now, that made me think, when people are like, make it inspirational. I'm like, no, I've listened to inspirational podcasts, and I'll tell you, they're a little hacky themselves. But the idea is, is if you find your space and you do your thing in this real weird jujitsu realm, there's places for you to exist, us to exist, everybody to exist. But I told you, I was like... and his poetic symmetry... With mm. the grappling community, we can all mm-hmm. exist. Ex- Absolutely. Gary. So I did say this for Gary. I was like, dude, if I can make one one note, it is do it real. Do a real podcast. Like, obviously, you can do your trolling up top. But when you interview people, <laughs> interview them like an athlete getting an athlete perspective. Because here's my thing. I already told him he's dead to me. And Good. I Thank need to you. toe the line because I'm like, dude, what would Gary say if I was like, I go up to him and Kevin, what if I went up to Gary and I just said, uh, hey, Gary, I'm an EBI. I'm going to face you, dude. What do you think Gary would tell me? <laughs> uh, you know, do it real, man. Just try, <laughs> try and be you, I assume. Yeah, pretty much something like that. So okay. I figured I was like, you know what? That's fine if he wants to do it, but uh, let's see him do it for real because it could be fascinating. It would be very interesting to hear an athlete perspective talking with other athletes. So other than that, it's going to be him doing all the same Will Ferrell jokes that he does in all of his interviews. So no big deal. <laughs> what, what about the uh, the Brandon McCatherine podcast? Uh, he's dead to me as well. I want to say this. <laughs> Brandon McCatherine is basically making a podcast without giving us royalties. Kevin, who was the first podcast to put Brandon McCatherine on? Of course it was us. We saw oh. talent way before the, well, right as the internet did, I guess. We were right there. We were right there with the internet. Talent Kev, we're so hacky and we're so terrible. We How, wouldn't know what good talent looks like. We wouldn't have heard a song he wrote and thought, oh, that's someone that we should talk to and forge a relationship with. We don't think like that. No, we this think, song called I, I Dominated Eddie yeah. is very inspirational. <laughs> you can tell that right then and there. Um, I'll tell you this much. Brandon McCatherine is a dear friend of the show. 
we love him greatly. Uh, but it doesn't like it's no stress off our back. He does his thing. He did the hot tub thing sure. too mm-hmm. for a while. I don't know if he still does. He also does, and I recommend this to everyone in the world: one minute jujitsu hacks, which are They're just great. unbelievable. Just really awesome, punchy details. Good stuff. But this is yep. the one thing I do tell to every person, which is if you're doing this, you're going to find out how hard it is. Like, there's a lot of fun that goes into it, but the scheduling, the, like, continuation of trying to make yourself different, the research that goes into it, the whole – all the, the bullshit that comes with it. Like, it is hard work. So, like, if they want to do the work and they want to try to do what we do, more power to them. We're just advising them. Uh, you know, Brandon – You've got a beautiful family, and you do great technique videos. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to. You don't need to do this. <laughs> so that's that's our word on that. Anyway, I'm glad to hear your perspective. It's very weak and well bent to in yes. the uh, yeah. event of getting Gary to come on your show, which is 100 uh, percent foolproof. We see right through you. I guess what I'm saying to you is, let's go back <laughs> to the Hickson thing. If that was your 200th guest, who's going to be your 300th? Are you gonna get helio? Man, God, you know, yeah, I'll have to get like a medium for that probably. But yeah, so I, I don't know, like who I would, I don't know who I would get, man. Um, jujitsu medium, jujitsu medium, one hundred percent happening. <laughs> and it needs to be a sitcom. <laughs> yeah, uh, for episode one hundred, I had uh, Gene Labelle, and then for obviously for two hundred, I had uh, Hickson. So for three hundred, I don't know, man. I don't know who I would get for three hundred. Um, I might do some kind of like. Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe I'll have like some kind of like uh, uh, like three to four person sit down chat where I get maybe uh, different people talking about different topics and not necessarily debating. But if it turns into a, a debate, that's fine. But you know, just that's covering. So you know, weird. It's like we've done that too. Have you really? God, I just can't get. I can't. I, I'm so unoriginal, man. I know. I, I know. It, it hurts you more than me, but then it just. <laughs> It reminds me of how good what we do is. (laughs) Listen, I'm going to stop there. Um, Uh, Kevin, I'll say this. Uh, Again, before we go any further, it is a big note to say, as much as we don't like you, you getting to 200, it's a big milestone. And I think that's the respect that we need to give to the people who hit those episodes. When Gary hits 200 episodes, we'll send him a very nice, uh, what, Five Guys burger? Time out. It's not like he just rocked in 200 and burger eating episodes either to use the same <laughs> metaphor sure came at it in style releases a hickson knows what he's doing uh rolls the dice in such a good way that it he gets his red belt and obviously uh, i still believe they're linked but we know <laughs> that's good it's our season four serial podcast that we haven't started <laughs> season one to solve grappling things it'll be the day hickson got his red belt that'll be uh Kevin, that's going to be so good with the multiple interviews. Yeah. Just again and be like, let's get to the bottom of this. Why did you give this kid it? It and starts. And just going to go, you know, I felt bad. Oh, damn. It, it'll clip to some old footage of us interviewing Ryan. <laughs> this very moment. <laughs> joking around. Although, can I tell you, I guess, a dumb, funny story before we move on? Uh, yeah. Paul Moran, who is my BJJ podcast arch nemesis, who hosted the very famous Open Mat Radio. Um, he went to go up to, I think it was an athlete. I won't say who. But he goes up to this athlete and he goes, hey, man, you want to come on my show? And he's like, I've already been on your show. And he's like, oh, no, you haven't. And he goes, yes, I have. And he goes, this. And he like gets on the internet. And he goes, see. And he goes, no, that's Raph. That's verbal tap. 
And so that is my fear that Hickson might have been like, oh, I'm seeing Raph again. It's good to see him. <laughs> I taught him breathing. He sounds less qualified. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, who is this guy? So anyway, uh, well, congratulations to you on that. Let's get to business. Gentlemen, I need your takes. Kevin? Yeah? What the fuck happened to Amanda Nunes? So I wish I had, like, I always, my immediate problem is just, uh, I think the UFC is ruthless. I know the UFC is ruthless. I don't think it. It's not like a thing I contemplate, like climate change. It's proven. They're ruthless. <laughs> so there's always a moment where you're like, uh, eh. is she really sick? And they're just like, fuck this. Because <laughs> they always do this. When they think <laughs> someone didn't gut it out, they're like, they're dead to me. It's like, how many times has John Jones been dead to them? Uh, <laughs> a, a baker's dozen. So it sounds like she's got some extenuating circumstances in terms of sinus pressure. I guess I was surprised it kept her from a heavyweight bout because I thought they'd give her the uh, a championship bout. I thought they'd give her like whatever the Mariah Carey stuff is. It's like I gotta go. <laughs> the fight's happening. Do what you need to do, doctor. So I was surprised. I've read her post. I've read what people have said. Uh, almost hers seems much more fair. The rest are pretty uh, aggressive, and okay. Uh, I'm okay with it. I don't know. I wish we could have gotten Jedrzejczyk in, and I love her for stepping up. Love we're gonna it. get to that, Kevin. Don't get ahead of the curve. Let's go over to Ryan. What was your take when you heard Amanda was out of the main event? Well, first, I was really bummed for sure. I really wanted to see that fight, um, and then when and then as the details started coming out. Um, you know, let's let's start with what people, what some people were saying. So I, I sometimes read things that people say, and I just have to turn my computer off and walk away. Um, one guy was saying, um, like, oh, I guess she's scared or something. It's like, dude, if there's whatever happened, it wasn't that Amanda Nunez was suddenly afraid to go out and fight, dude. I mean, she fought Ronda Rousey. She fight, come on, man. She, she's not, she's not afraid. So obviously, there's something more she's, to it than that. She's a UFC champion. She's fought a few yeah, times. She's all right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She's not her first rodeo. So, um, so, you know, whatever it was, whether it was, whether there was some legitimate, um, illness, um, and, and, you know, I kind of like what you, what you just said a second ago, and that is that the UFC can be a little ruthless. Uh, she was saying that they checked for basically, I guess for her hydration levels and then I guess her heart rate or something like that. And that's all they did and said that based on those things that she, uh, that she was medically cleared. So she's saying, well, they didn't really look at what I'm saying is wrong with me. So how can they, you know, uh, vilify me if I, if I, you know, if they didn't look at what I, at the specific thing I'm saying that I'm suffering from? So it's kind of weird, man. Then there are other people making other accusations that are, you know, uh, cycle based and things like that. So I mean, who knows, man? I, I personally. I I don't really know what to make of it. I'm just I'm just bummed that it didn't happen. But I mean, it looks like it's going to happen at the next card, so it doesn't. You know, well, we're looking at I think UFC two uh, fifteen. So let me walk you through the progression that was our page, because you know I like to think that our page is usually like a timestamp. So this was breaking yesterday, and it was at twelve oh six. That is Pacific time. It said, "Oh no, Amanda Nunes and Valentina Shevchenko is looking likely to be canceled. Update: It's canceled now." <laughs> just so, like that like yeah. things were going very quick but then maybe no less than what an hour later or within that amount of time uh breaking joanna Zizizic on four hours notice offering to uh replace in the fight then it became an hour later maybe an hour later from when we put that up dana white 
Amanda Nunes was cleared to fight, and she was pulling out anyway. You can't make a fighter fight. So to put that into context for you guys, I'm going to read just a few of the people. And this is, again, this is at this time, which is 2, what, 2.18 p.m. These are some of the responses we had just from our fans. This isn't just everybody. It said, that doesn't mean she was anywhere near making weight or up to get in the ring and attempt to fight. Uh, somebody said, a little plain talk, please, from the guy who has built a whole reputation on that. And we know he's really two-faced lion weasel. Jesus F in Christ, throw in shade like a basketball wife. Uh, Stafford Davis wrote, you can't make fighters fight except Mighty Mouse because he's child size, which I guess that is true. Uh, <laughs> Steven Herrera just said... <laughs> that was a ruthless comment. He said, I believe Donald Trump saying anything that has been disproven over Dana White hype. And in case we didn't get it there, he says, I don't believe anything he says in his second message because we wanted to make sure we got that. So, OK, now we know that at this point, it's 2 p.m. Our new main event is going to be Yoel Romero versus Robert Whitaker, a.k.a. Bobby Knuckles. We'll get to that fight. So. We want to get through this because we wanted people to kind of come up with what they thought happened. So, Kev, I'm going to put something in the chat. We're going to read some of them. I'm, I'm going actually, to have you read. yeah, I'm on the page too. Uh, I've done okay. a little bit of scan editing. There's a few, a few I refuse to read out loud. That's you perfectly fine. I'm going to let you, you do the. <laughs> you know, you did. I'm going to let you board. do the the Facebook. And then uh, I've got the Instagram up. And then, Ryan, we're just going to, if you feel like chiming in on some of these, these are what our fans are like. Because you said you needed to walk away from your internet. And I have a feeling some of our fans are those people. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to love this first one, though. If I could lead off here, uh, Raph. Yeah, go for it. She, Nunez, she wasn't ready? Uh, (laughs) Tries for a pun. You're telling me that's a verbal tap fan? No way. Hey, you uh, calm down over there, 200. Nicely done, Russell. I, <laughs> I like that you're talking about your 300th episode, which will be at the rate you're going at now in three weeks. <laughs> All right. This one comes from Ricardo Amendolia, who is uh, the golden voice of oh, yeah. jiu-jitsu and grappling. He said, fell in love? Uh, to the fact that uh, we ask for usually like three word descriptions and he just put it in three. So <laughs> I, I like the that conditioning. <laughs> it just got there. Uh, I've got a pretty good one. Th- this one is uh, nicely up in the this is from Michael Whelan. Whelan, her deal with the devil to beat Ra- Rousey and Misha Tate was only for two fights. That's and a good. I, I like that a lot. <laughs> I That's botched the reading, but that was fantastic. <laughs> Uh, the Cody 13 wrote case of mud, butt from the weight cut. Uh, we got a little bit of that too, with uh, someone already shit. The octagon comment should want to be yep. number two. Who does? Congratulations <laughs> people. Very funny. Yeah. That was Mark my a super gross video. Just so we're all clear. Oh, it was super gross and we don't need to bring more attention to it. We're fine on it. <laughs> like we know, like once I saw it, I did my one joke and I said, well, shit. And I was done. Anyway. Where are you? Where are you guys reading reading these off of? I'm on your page, but I don't see. Um, there's a little thing called research. <laughs> she just kind of. Put a ah, I love me. I love we'll me some right. some Ryan. Uh, Raph and I have a little. They, we prepare before the podcast, if you can believe it. I know at times we kind of make jokes like we have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> at times those are real, and at times we're just sort of. We do have an idea what the other one's talking about. We're we're trying to. You see, Ryan, my craft. <laughs> Is something that I am 
inherently skilled and prepared for because my talking is my craft and my craft is my talking. <laughs> the Steven Seagal, what, what was that? No, Steven no, no, Seagal is responsible for Hicks and Gracie getting into jiu-jitsu if you've spoken to him recently. Oh, he also yeah. whispered into my ear and said, Raph, Raph, make fun of him. Lead off with Hickson. <laughs> uh, Kev, what do you got for us on your side? This is from Phil, and this is probably like, she probably ate some bad fish. And I got to tell you, that was my immediate reaction with Phil. I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> she's got some food poisoning. Like, that could be bad, right? There's a lot of nerves, so you're sensitive to it. And I just kind of always assume it's that. So. Except when Barrow hit his head because he passed out during a weight cut. We all knew That's exactly. That's still one of the most awkward ones. I we knew who to blame heard. on that one. Uh, Jet Hawkins wrote, she got her girlfriend pregnant. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Just a little. Eld Creations wrote, she knew she would lose the title, and it was too much to handle. Body gave out due to nerves, and she couldn't handle it. Memories of the last fight crept in. I think she will lose if or when rescheduled. Confidence is 90% of the game. And hers, not and, but it's and hers, took a dip. <laughs> That's uh, a little deep. I'm going to go with Timmy Gons. This is way more up my speed. GSP texted her last night, too. Told her to avoid the number one contender so they can have a super fight. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen here. Very much so. Um, and uh, Nunez. Here to come. Uh, you... Oh, no, I did not find my way on. I just am um, here. GSP, I was just waiting in the, uh, the GSP, uh, lobby. you always have a light into this show. You know that. Did you of text Amanda Nunez? Tell her you want to see I did. Fight? I said, hold on. <laughs> would you like me to read it to you? I will yeah. put it up on my phone. That is cellular. Yeah. I said, dear Miss Nunez, this is GSP. You can tell from my championship level spelling. <laughs> if you do not take this fight today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not in three days. You and GSP will have super fight. Yes, no? <laughs> she just responded back, yes, no, I assume. <laughs> she actually did not understand very much. Uh, between her language barrier and mine, very difficult to understand one another. Uh, you get what I'm saying, yes, no? I'm saying it right now. I'm watching that fight. We're just So uh, GSP is going to leave. Ladies but, and gentlemen. Um, wait, hold on. Oh. One thing, real quick. Uh, I believe I heard another voice on here. Who is that? You know I have a deal that says I only talk to you, Kevin Phillips. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's Ryan is on. Uh, big, is this? Big, big fan, George. Big fan, sir. What is uh, your deal, young man? Why are you on this uh, very popular and more important show than yours? You know, I, I'm i just a lucky guy. I, these guys have really taken to me, and uh, they've kind of brought me in under their wing, and I'm just here to learn and uh, take notes. I am pretty sure they are not taking you under their wing, but it was very encouraging for you to think that that was what they were doing to try and associate yourself with uh, a much more respected and uh, so-called hacky uh, comedy, which you could tell with uh, definitely grade A impressions. Uh, More important here, uh, I will give you two uh, pieces of GSPA advice. Kevin, what is the first? Uh, Sun Tzu, your enemies? I I don't remember. Study that dinosaurs. is very important. Good job, Kevin. You uh, listen to uh, the GSP audio tape. Very nice. <laughs> and number two, which is this. Never look a moose dead in its eye. That is it. Just some solid Canadian advice, man. Sage advice. It is. From it is Star of the Boneyard, George of St. Pierre. 
Goodbye, everybody. GSP out. I have to go pretend to fight Michael Bisping one more time. Awesome. Can't wait. <laughs> Man, you guys get all the stars. It's, uh, we do. We've got a good booker. We've got a good booker. We really do, guys. I'm sorry. I'm back. You know, GSP and I have an agreement. I can't be on the show when he's here. You pissed him off. You know what you did. I did. Uh, Kevin, let's get through these last couple ones real quick. I have one more that's okay. uh, worthy of a Facebook read. This one's more of a conspiracy theory. It says in quotations, chronic sinusitis and then it says hashtag new friends hashtag say hello to the bad guy hashtag colombian bam bam and it's a picture of john jones in the scarface desk staring at cocaine and this is that'll be my favorite conspiracy theory that john jones is slowly recruiting other fighters to somehow blow their success because of cocaine that's great well, um, okay. AJ. <laughs> AJ Here's what I got for you guys. Uh, Jesse Jackson put uh, Joey Diaz got one look at the fig doster with banana bread. Bet a fortune on Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, Barshkova said she mentally caved. Evidence of that is being medically cleared, but still choosing not to fight. And in the last 24 hours, she, a world champion and public figure, made a Instagram private. She caved big time. Anxiety. She cut too much weight in a short period of time and needed the IV. Noons went to the same sushi place that Overeem did before UFC 209. It, the one and with didn't steroids? Want to risk. Oh, yep. no, wait. That was a different Overeem. <laughs> Horse meat, Cap. Horse meat. Uh, she came to her senses a tad bit too late and extreme weight cut that backfired on her. Can I address this, Kevin? Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Here's the thing. The weight cut stuff is a lot. Okay. So I, I think that people want to go in on her and say that she cost it and that she made this terrible thing happen. I think her explanation's a little weird, maybe a little suspect, but the UFC PR machine is a powerful one. So much in the fact that when Dana White felt threatened and that he had put all this money into a fighter, he gave the go-ahead to go nuclear on her. Not protect the fighter, go in nuclear. When they started that telecast yesterday, the first thing John Anik said was, well, it's been a crazy night here, and guys, we want to let you know, Amanda Nunez was cleared to fight, but is not fighting here tonight. I'm joined here by the All-American, and you're like, wait, why is that so important? <laughs> like, you could just say, <laughs> our main event's been canceled, say it but seconds you know Dana's him. off the fucking air, literally going like, you can fucking say that she fucking chickened out or nothing. <laughs> and their PR team, known the world over for its professionalism and tact. Super. Yep. So uh, my issue was, if you notice, a lot of the responses in there seem to follow in that trajectory. Uh, the one of which that made me laugh the most was the one that I read that said, you can tell she was afraid because she made an Instagram post private. Kevin, everybody knows. That's the most indicative thing yep. you have going into fight week. That's like when football players say they took some uh, Ritalin when they probably took Molly. I, I love it. I always it's like, oh, yeah, they just took a little too much Ritalin. Sounds right. <laughs> so I guess the idea that I had here was I saw a lot of people falling in suit with Dana. And I would say this. I think that's a little column A and a little bit of column B. And I'm willing to cut her some slack because she saved last year's card if you don't seem to forget things very quickly. She saved last year's UFC 4th of July-esque card. And if you'll notice, that's the third year in a row, thanks to our friends at MMA Nerds, that we've had the main event for the UFC pay-per-view for the 4th of July 
fall out of place. Third time in a row. So now when you take all these things into consideration, yes, it sucks. Yes, it's all this. Blah, blah, blah. It's a little problematic, though. It's a little problematic that we had so many people who just thought, like, fuck her. Well, whatever. <laughs> and whereas I once I heard it happen, it wasn't just Dana. It wasn't just John Anik. Uh, you know, Joe, there was conflicting reports. It was like Joe was telling a story. Brian Stan was telling a story of what they've heard. TMZ had this published somewhere. And then a little bit later on, you had Michael Bisping and Dominic Cruz kind of shitting on her, saying, well, last year she wanted all that attention, was wondering why she didn't get all the attention when she was beating Ronda. And then you put all that attention on her. And that's coming from two people whose injuries have kept them interestingly sidelined. So anyway. Selectively at times. Selectively. Thank you, Kevin. I think that's a beautiful way of putting it. So those are my thoughts on Amanda Nunes and uh, Valentina Shevanko. Hopefully we see it in two months. And I don't know, man. I, I don't know what the deal is. I think it's a little weird to say, ooh, my sinuses. But apparently if you read the description, it sounds like it makes you a little off balance. Am hey, I reading that right? Yeah, it, sound, it sounded like it affected – she's saying it was affecting her equilibrium and stuff, which, I mean, obviously if, if that's true, uh, you know, someone couldn't fight under those conditions. I, I, I think for anyone that's saying Amanda Nunez – I said this already. I'll say it again. If you think Amanda Nunez is afraid to fight someone, you're an idiot. I mean it's just straight up. You're an she's idiot. She's not afraid Rousey. to – Smart. Exactly. Well, what does she have to be afraid of? That's oh. that's a, that's like you guys remember that that uh, jujitsu event years ago where Nick Diaz uh, yes. was supposed to be in the main event, and then people are like, "Oh, he chickened out." <laughs> it's like, dude, Nick Diaz will fight anyone over the the color of the sky in the parking lot, dude. He's not he's not gonna like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's not suddenly a, afraid of a jujitsu tournament. Come on, dude. Like, just these fighters, man. I, you know, the people. So this the things that that sideline people say about fighters really gets under my skin. There's um, nothing funny to me than thinking that Nate and Nick Diaz get into an argument over. What color the sky is? And you got Nate Diaz just going. It's blue, dog. You just look up there. It's fucking blue. Everybody knows it. You can look up there. No, dude. It's fucking. It's fucking. It's fucking green. Everybody knows it's fucking green. Nah, dog. It's fucking blue. Everybody knows that shit. How? How many hours do you think the Diaz have spent fighting each? You bring an, an interesting point. They have probably grappled on what would be like fifty thousand dollar paying events. Just. To settle some shit. That's, uh, yeah, damn it. That's going to fester in my mind for the next <laughs> week. I'm going to be thinking about the Diaz brothers. Nice to you guys too. If you guys follow them on Instagram, it's hilarious. Their, their posts, it'll start in the morning. It's usually like a training sequence, and then it's them out and about smoking somewhere, and then it's them wrestling somebody, and then it's just like nightclub shit. So it's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's, and it's just that every day, like mon- like Sunday to Sunday. So Well, it's definitely a 12-year-old's dream. <laughs> like they live the life that like you say you're gonna live when you're 12 years old it'd be like would it be cool if like you could like wake and bake and then wrestle and then go to a nightclub well they're doing it <laughs> actually raf we should preface that was raf doing the diaz brothers we've gotten into some trouble oh online. i'm so yeah. sorry uh, so he did a voiceover for a, a, a nick diaz thing and people were like <laughs> nick diaz did all commentaries like no no <laughs> Oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> it was hard to control uh, after. I want to say this. Our good friend it Kenny Jewell. It says Drool, who comedy does, podcast uh, in the fucking title. Guys. Like, <laughs> we, we, not good enough. You got to really spell it out for them, Kev, because apparently on our watermark, it isn't close enough for them to understand. We're so pissed. All this um, fake news out there. I want to say this because our good friend Kenny Jewell gave me a call yesterday 
And uh, he's been listening. He does photography out here for Grapple TV. Very good photographer. And he started telling me, he's like, hey, Ref, um, some of your impressions are good. And some are like, okay. But I was like, thank you. That's so great. I love it when non-paid professional comedians tell me how good <laughs> I am at impressions. That's amazing. Thank you. And he's just like, he's like, I'm not trying to be critical. And I was like, I, listen, dude, it's fine. Do whatever you need to do. It's perfectly fine. Just know that it totally makes us laugh to do uh, a Nate and Nick Diaz talking about is the sky blue or green? <laughs> and then thinking, no, fuck it, dog. I'm not going to fucking do this fucking uh, grappling bullshit. Let's get the fuck out of here. Like, that's the, the deciding factor. But, gentlemen, people don't come here for just the impressions, as we've learned from the internet. They come here for the analysis. They want to hear the real shit. Uh-oh. So, I'm going to go ahead and start us off on the real, real because, Kev, hmm. we're just hacks. Hacks. We want to talk the real analysis guy on this show, which is one, Ryan Ford who's going to take us through his interpretation of Bobby Knuckles versus go fucking Jesus. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was, uh, I was, man, the soldier of God failed me, man. If I, if he had won that fight, Kevin and I would have been tied on the over under. Uh, but because he lost, uh, I, I, it, Kevin won. And I, and I just, I have to bow down to, uh, to the king of the over under. You did so. Wait. This is how you know you're terrible it, at hosting. It wasn't that close, sir. So. Yeah, but he failed, man. He failed. Uh, he failed. I'm Wait. saying he wasn't the deciding fight in our little <laughs> side agreement. Right. Listen, Kevin, you know what's funny? You can tell you have a novice podcaster on your, your realm here when he gives away the result that we're building to right up top. So then let's address it. Who won, Kevin? I crushed you. Why, way more than one fight. <laughs> it really was not hinging on one fight, guys. Uh, By man, almost twenty-five percent of the fight card, I say Kevin. almost because it was eight to five by my calculations. Oh, Kev, I had you at nine to two. I had it seven to five. Ooh, oh, because that's, that's, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Is that is that if is if Santos Andrade, it would have been six Miller. to six. Bilal Muhammad, Blades, Romero, Bogdanovic, Verdum, which maybe you should get to count that one. Stamen, Brown, Laprie, Nunez. Those were your eight, is what you're saying, right? Those were those were my eight. Those are Kevin's, just, right? I no, just yeah, those are, yeah, those are fight, yeah fighters. Yeah, those are Kevin's. Shit, yeah. But keep but keep in mind, you and I picked some of the same. Yes. some of the same. People. I actually had Santos. Font, Showtime, Blades, Whitaker, Giles, Overeem, Olinick with a huge win over Travis. Yeah. Well, you that know what win. it is, Ryan? I just stopped counting when I knew that you lost. <laughs> yeah. I was like, just slumped in my sofa. I was, we I was just saw, and I have to say, because I would have loved to have given this some pomp and circumstance toward the end, but you ruined it. Um, Kevin, <laughs> this might be your strongest performance ever crushed on Over it. Under, Kevin. Just you had it. nine out of 11. I can now, feel the those card. numbers should never go together. Let's be very clear. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Uh, I, I'm just proving that I don't Never forget, forget that, Kevin, okay? Yeah. Just do me a solid, okay? Got it. But um, I want to get to this. So, okay. He let you down. Kevin, how did you feel about Yolo Romero and uh, Bobby Knuckles? I felt like I watched what honestly looked like the closest thing I've ever seen to a human car accident. <laughs> Every time they collided, I thought they looked like soccer players confused about what was going on. Cause it was like, 
they were punching for sure. And Whitaker's unbelievable. And Romero, holy fuck. Uh, though nothing gold can stay, including that guy's cardio. That guy really struggles <laughs> around round three to breathe. But unbelievable exchanges. Whitaker uh, is... They kept. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like it kept, like they kept just colliding. Yeah. There wasn't a punch necessarily. There were a lot of things, and I wanted to see him in slow mo. Um, what anyway. I think it. What I think it. What I think it was was that uh, Whitaker was countering, and he was countering the second Yoel started to move. Like 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 when he so when he started to see like the slightest rotation that a punch might be about to be thrown, he was throwing. So they ended up just like you said, clashing at the exact same time over and so over because painful. of Whitaker's. Yeah, it looked it looked pretty brutal, man. It, and I think that was all due to Whitaker's really early countering uh, to to anything that Yoel that Yoel started to try to do. It was an awesome fight. <laughs> this guy, it was a good fight. Both fucking crazy, by the way. Not a lot of jujitsu on display. I'll say that. Not not a ton of jujitsu prowess. But I don't know some, that I was expecting that. And I was very happy to takedowns. see that. Uh, at a certain point, he was able to neutralize Yoel's power because I felt Yoel has such explosive energy that you really have to know what to do with it. Like you really have to have um, a containment plan. And that's hard when you're on your back for portions of the fight. So, you know, Yoel was a little disappointed, Kevin. But then they decided to have something ready. Now, you had an interesting take on the end of it. What was your take once they announced that uh, Robert had won? I, I believe the next few moments were great. First, his corner tried to put a shirt on him and successfully strangle him, which he was not <laughs> feeling, by the way. And I don't blame him. So we tried to wrap a tight condom shirt on my face after I had fought Yoel Romero. I'd be pissed, too. And then second, what was that staged wrestling belt throw bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> that Bisping came in. Don't tell me it was random. Dana White grabbed that thing faster than he's ever done anything. He's never done anything that fast. He knew so that belt saying, was going on the ground. You're saying that they were trying to out Bellator Bellator? I, I honestly thought they were more WWEing it. Just like, great fucking job. Great fucking go fuck yourself. And he just like throws his belt. It's like, why is Michael Bisping here? When have they ever done that ever? <laughs> When his, they have pushed yeah. people in there like that. It's not super uncommon. Like, don't forget, it was we are fuck. of the mindset of the George St. Pierre, I'm not impressed with the caliber of your performance. It's not that unusual to bring in and start setting up the next fight, especially with fighters who are mm, not very interesting. He was already well, we so, sitting cage side. Like, geez, what more yeah. do you need to do? The guys, but, we also... We also can't. We, I'm sorry. We also can't forget the uh, the Vanderlei, the infamous Vanderlei wanting to fuck Chuck Liddell. Yes, uh, that was a classic. They did yes, that. They used, they, I feel like they used to do that more. It's just that recently they haven't been doing it as much. It was a very Bellador kind of thing, like Raf said. I'm glad that that was the insight that you had in your pocket. You were like, one day, oh yeah, I remember <laughs> this fact is going to come into play. I don't know where, but I'm going to bring up. <laughs> The Wendy wanting to fuck Chuck Liddell thing so hard. Oops, that's not the right phrasing. There so it was. what I guess I was looking at was a little bit later, there was another angle that showed Michael Bisping before even interacting with Bobby Knuckles, yelling at Yoel Romero, who was blowing kisses and sticking his tongue out. So communicating in his normal form. 
And then Michael Bisping being like, oh, yeah, you won't do that. Blah, 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 blah. And they're just yelling at each other. So then he's already worked up. He comes over. He throws the belt on the ground and then says, like, you want that? Take that. Now, Kev, what did you say about uh, Robert's reaction? Oh, it was genius. It I, I loved it. Where he was like, can I take that? <laughs> just like looked up so honestly. He's like, is that mine now? Because I think I earned I professed it. That, I, that, when we talked about it, I said that was his touch butt. That was him doing the Conor McGregor running the press conference and then Nate Diaz going like, whatever, you and your fucking power fucking doing touch butt. And then being like, oh, shit, let's just beat you. <laughs> it's the best verbal jujitsu I've seen in some time. So, yes, that was good. Um, gentlemen, are you excited to see Michael Bisping versus Robert Whitaker? I'll ask you first, Ryan. Uh, yeah, totally. I am. I, th- I think that uh, I think Whitaker has a really good chance of uh, of becoming the new champion. I think it'll be uh, a good fight. Um, I was really, I'll be, I'll be completely honest. I I was really looking forward to Yoel versus uh, Bisbing just because of all the build up and all the trash between them. Uh, but Robert Zemanian mean, Whitaker's a great fighter, man. I, I think he'll do. I think he'll do really well. Here's the nice part. I don't think that we have seen the last of it. I really? think that we have enough with Yoel and Bisping. They have enough clips that we oh, may yeah. see that grudge match, belt or no belt. That's probably a pretty good, uh, pretty good prediction. Because uh, what be else no is there belt, to Bisping? By the way, yeah, probably, probably very like very possibly. <laughs> that's also a good prediction as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I will say that part of me thought yesterday I was a little bummed in the one sense that Yoel wasn't going to face Bisping. And then I saw the two of them interacting, and I go, eh, maybe it will still happen. Because I thought Yoel provided a much more difficult fight for Michael Bisping. However, yesterday he did show a little bit of some holes that I was like, ah, fuck, Bisping's team might be able to capitalize on those things. So there's that. Um, but anyway, enough booking Michael Bisping's death. Um, <laughs> let's go to our next fight. Because uh, well, there are a couple that definitely deserve our time. But I'll ask you this. Kevin, who won the fight? You All-Star know, or Fabrice? I go. I defer to pride rules. Fabricio Verdum won that fight. I, I don't know that I saw, I guess, what the judges saw. Uh, I, maybe they bounced on significant strikes. I struggled to understand a majority decision for Overeem. I thought Verdum won two and three. I know he won three. I mean, he almost finished him. Okay. Uh, let's go over to Ryan. Ryan, similar or different? Uh, no, I completely agree, man. He, I, I thought that I thought that Fabricio had uh, had had more significant strikes. He definitely won the third round, uh, as Kevin said. Uh, I thought he won the second also. The first one, uh, the first round, I, I guess I don't know. Could have gone either way, maybe. But um, but yeah, I, I thought he won. I was very surprised when they uh, when they announced that uh, Overeem won. Can I bring up something? I knew that Overeem won. Not saying that I was necessarily proud of it or anything, but I looked and I go, "He's playing up top. These are dumb judges." You know who else knew? Mm. Uh, Joe Rogan. They said it on the podcast in round. They were priming it all evening. They must have seen something in the early fights that made them <laughs> nervous. I don't know what it was. Um, hopefully, it was Terry on the flash wears, though. I don't think it was, from what I understand. No, it was not that. I can I can uh, tell you, Terry on. <laughs> Lost uh, decisively, unfortunately, but still friend of the podcast. And you know what? Took the show, uh, the the fight on a short notice, and still did very well for himself. I love these. No, in the UFC. 
but they were too. priming it, just like you said. They they seem to be like, well, you never know what these these judges can see something else. So <laughs> maybe they're at the table and they're just yelling it at the fucking judges' table to see if they'll pick up on it. Um, I'll tell you this: I don't disagree with a twenty-eight, twenty-eight, and that was just from a very casual viewing. Like I didn't have a full viewing of this, like at my home, uninterrupted. Uh, this one, I was like, you know, I didn't watch it enough uh, to like have a, a really honed in analysis on that. But I saw one judge give it a twenty eight twenty eight, and just based on the very like lax viewing I did on that one, I go, eh, I could go there. Yeah, that, that's something that I have to do a lot of times is I have to rewatch fights because when I'm watching it live, uh, oftentimes I'm just excited and you know hanging out and stuff, and then not able to really analyze it as deeply as I'd like to. Uh, so usually after a second, like sometimes I'll see a fight and I'll be like, oh, dude, come on, that guy got robbed. And then I watch again. I'm like, oh, you know what? No, he didn't. So maybe I'll have to go back and watch some of these again to see if there is something that maybe I didn't see. But I mean, if you look at the if you look at the uh, the stats from the fight, I mean, you know, uh, Fabricio had a knockdown. He had a takedown. He had 49 significant strikes to 21, uh, 107 total strikes to 29. So I don't know, man. Uh, but he's playing from his guard and you know how people hate that. That's true. That's true. That's yeah. always, like that's the bigger thing is I'm not even saying that it's right or wrong. I'm just saying, look at the history of things. Yeah, it's the way if it is. You see them playing from bottom. Statistically, you've got to be doing some Carlos Condit esque things. And Joe was already putting over Fabricio's like best guard in the heavyweight division, which I think is a really weird moniker to have. That's like saying that you, Ryan have the best podcast in Atlanta. I'm not even sure of that. <laughs> like, I can't say that with any, like, authority. But, I mean, like, at the same point, you're probably doing a very different podcast than most people are doing in Atlanta, if I'm just being honest. So, maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, okay, so th- that's happening, and that's strange. Uh, I don't mind it. I- I'll go back and rewatch that fight at some point and hopefully uh, come out with something there. But I can tell you just on on base value, I go – no, I think it's going to go to fucking All-Star. And people were looking at me like, really? And I go, just trust me on this. And then they announced it. I'm like, sorry. So, okay, that was there. Uh, Kev, your interpretation of Curtis Blades versus Daniel Omazurk. Uh, I don't want to grapple with either of these guys. That was, that was my main. It's like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Some big guys beating the shit out of each other. I agreed with the decision. I was surprised it made it that far. Neither of them seem very interested in heading to a third round. No. It was a fun fight, though. Like, another kind of got buried for me emotionally between Verdum Overeem and Pettis Miller. But Blades I... is a strong, quick dude. And Omeladaros is fine. <laughs> that guy can fight. It was, it was fun. It's like. So, Ryan, did you have the same reaction? Did you have a strong feeling on this fight? Or were you too busy insulting your brother who is higher ranked than you on his uh, birthday? Well, yeah, I was late to the I was late to the fights because because uh, of my brother's uh, obesity. We had to, uh, you know, wheel him out of the out of the bar that we were at and everything. But anyway, uh, no. So basically the uh, the Curtis Blades fight, I thought that uh, I thought it was a great fight. I thought. I agreed that I, I surprised. I was very surprised that it went uh, the distance because these guys were really throwing. Uh, I was really impressed by Curtis Bra- Curtis Blades' uh, head movement. His his head movement was awesome. Uh, he was he was making uh, Daniel miss a lot, and I think that's mm-hmm. ultimately what probably what probably won him the fight. 
Very nice, very nice. Uh, Kev, did you sign, like see that little thing that he was doing there, where like he gave the analysis, but first he wanted to make sure we knew how fat his brother was. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Like I did. I he plays nice boxes. on the podcast, yeah. but yet he's giving shit to his baby bro. That personal note. You know? So let me tell you. I'll tell you the background on that. So Chris, mm. for the record, my brother is is not fat. He's actually really in good shape. Uh, but he eats like a four year old. And if I were to mimic that same diet, I would get fat quick. And somehow, I guess I just got all the brains, and he got the uh, the, the gift of a good physique. So I give him a lot of shit about it, but uh, but he's not actually fat. I think that's a bad trade-off if you got the brains. <laughs> if I'm just being honest. Bastard. I want to I wanna go and make sure we get you a recount because I think you need to return it and see what else you can get traded in for. Kev, uh, I know you want to talk about it, so I'll, I'll open the floor to you. Pettison Miller. I don't know what you have to do to knock Jim Miller out, and neither do most of his opponents, I guess. But it, it did feel good to see Anthony Pettis look crisp, sharp, ready. And this fight, we did get some jujitsu. Anthony Pettis feels like that guy that pulls sneak. I, I want to roll with Anthony Pettis or watch a jujitsu video. That guy's crafty. And he seems crafty in a very. Does anybody know who his jujitsu coach is? I need to look this up. Hold on. Well, no, our, one of our friends, uh, Adam Von Rothfelder, might be able to point us in the right direction. But I thought I, it was I know who point. his cardio and good looking coach is. Yes, Adam of course. Adam Von Rothfelder from Strong. I don't know who his jujitsu coach is. I know we've talked well, about it. Wasn't he for a while? while? Like, he might be. Last we had checked, we, he was doing stuff at Jackson's for a little while. But he's based out of, like, what, Michigan Milwaukee. or something like that? Milwaukee, Milwaukee same Michigan. Ah, hey, he trans, trains at Duke Rufus's place, doesn't he? Isn't that where he was? Yeah. Where he was Jiu-Jitsu coach Diego Morris. Yeah, Morris. Diego Morais, right? Yeah. Diego or Morris. Morris. Yeah, Morais, yeah, yeah. Morris. Okay, so obviously good. Uh, my question to you, Ryan, is Showtime back? Man, it, it, he looked pretty damn good, dude. And and uh, I was really banking on the fact that Jim Miller is hard to stop. Um, and I just, I don't know, man. I thought Jim was going to be able to grind him out and win. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was very close. Anthony Pettis, man, he has a really good, when we, if we're talking about jujitsu, his guard. Dude, his arm bar from the guard, he, he he's able to dangerous. isolate. Super dangerous. He, we saw him catch Ben Henderson with uh, with the same thing, and, uh, and he was close. I thought he was going to arm bar Jim Miller, man. He looked like he was in deep on an arm at one point. And, uh, I mean, dude, he just looked good everywhere, man. He looked good on the ground. He looked good standing. Uh, I'm a big fan of Anthony Pettis, and I know he's been going through a lot of shit in his personal life in the last, uh, you know, recent recently. So I'm glad that he seems like he's, uh, his mind's in the right place now and that he's putting things together. So I hope to see more from him. All right. Kev, talk to me about a guillotine finish that you may or may not have seen. <laughs> may not have seen. All caps, Raph. <laughs> I saw... He was trying for it earlier. The Rob mm. Font, Douglas De Silva, De Andre, De Andre, De Cum Laude was a really good fight. And Rob Font is not to be trifled with. I guess the commentary story was that last time he was stunned, you know, exclamation point. This time he was ready. And that guillotine, color me sans tariff. It was beautiful. <laughs> wow. You really worked for that. Okay, so if that was one submission, uh, I don't know that you ever got the chance to see another submission between Oli Oink and Travis Brown. 
Are you asking me? What I'm that? asking both of you. Did either of you see the submission? I did see I this. did not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, Kev, it. describe it. I'm going to send it to him real quick. Got while it. We're on the so while, while he had a, not a leg triangle, like a scissor, like a wrestling scissor across Travis Brown's torso, the lower half, he was also deep in on what had earlier been a bridge of nose sort of cranium triangle pressure point. This time he was a little bit more in on the neck and kind of doing an arm triangle body cross lock that was painful looking from someone that I know weighs a clean, I don't know, 240. (laughs) He was a big dude, 250. So, uh, do you see it in the chat that I sent over to you? Yes. Uh, Ryan? Yeah. So okay. it looks like he used it. Looks like he used a sit out takedown from the back. Now he's transitioning to the back. So he's got his uh, what in the hell? That's what he didn't smell with that. Yeah, he did. Oh, just wait. Three, two, two. one. Get the fuck <laughs> out! Of here. Seriously? Yeah. Dude, holy Worth shit! It. Dude, his nickname's the Boa Constrictor. So holy shit, he's living up to that. Right. Okay. Good so God. this is the guy who famously he was mounted and oh. ended up pulling off the Ezekiel. That's right. That's the same guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So dude, he's so, got these bizarre submissions he keeps pulling off. He is, and he was very pro, not just Russia because he's one of them. But he does but he have a Sambo background. It's one he of does. Them. But he was very like at the end. He goes, "I like fighting for all people, not just Russia, all people." And then he bowed, and he wasn't sure if we heard it or could understand it. All people <laughs> bows again. So, wow. I mean, here's the thing. He's got like over like what sixty fights. He's impressive. Lucky number sixty-three. Obviously, <laughs> last night. Obviously, if you're called the boa constrictor, you're able to put out really, really impressive submissions that maybe are a little unconventional. I argue. Look at Travis Brown's shoulders on that mat. I get that. That's a tough spot, and it could have been a little bit more of a neck crank. But if I put that move on somebody, they're not tapping. For sure, yeah. And those, I, I can say the same about myself. Yeah, there's no, there's no way they, they'd scoot right out. So, so it, it was it's odd. It, it looks almost like, um, yeah. I guess just because I guess because it, there, it looks like uh, how do you say his last name? Olink. Olink. It sure. does have more surface. <laughs> it looks like he, yeah, whatever. He does have more <laughs> surface covered uh, on the ground. So. Man, maybe just because of the way he was locking his legs, maybe his legs are just that strong that he was making it so that Travis couldn't scoot his hips away to create the distance and cover more mat space with his own back. But other than that, I can't. That's really the only sense I can make of this, man. Unless the dude just has a ridiculous squeeze both uh, with his arms and legs. I'll tell you this much, uh, Ryan. When you eventually make it out to California. That will be one of the moves that I try to submit you with, and we'll see how effective it is. I can, I can say with with good certainty, uh, you might be like, "Raf, this this pinch that you're doing around uh, my body with your legs is just really inconvenient." It's really yeah. pissing me off. Start drilling my shrimps now, please do. Uh, well, no, you can't because if you have to escape like he was, it's non-existent. So you just oh, gotta sit there and take it. Uh, Chad Laprise versus Brian Camozzi. Can I that just was an say? I, I do think we're all giving, we're all taking a moment to be like, you know, Alenic might be a little, a little unique. 
<laughs> is my only. <laughs> Just from what I, mean, I saw when he gripped the shit out of that, it was like, I, look, I, I I agree. It doesn't look like a submission, but fuck that guy. Is did, you know, you know, you know what's funny is that I really? when we were when, when we were doing this initial uh, the first episode when we were covering all this, mm-hmm. I completely. It completely went over my head that that was the guy that did the weird uh, Ezekiel from Bottom Mount. If I if I had remembered that, I probably would have uh, considered pushing for him because I I didn't remember him at the time. But yeah, I totally remember him now. It's crazy. I mean, Kev, if he would have remembered that, it would have been like a minor blowout instead of a major blowout. I, I would I would have been. I would have won. <laughs> I would have won. It's a great still, still struggling with uh, math over in Atlanta. I see. It's 2017. He has his right. That's how he feels, Raf. It's fast. Absolutely. <laughs> Feelings yeah, I'm, are fast. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying our public schools aren't strong. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> yeah. Don't, You're going to Brazil for a reason don't now. Get me no, I get Neil it. Fisher started. <laughs> Uh, let's do this. Thiago Santos, y'all, uh, that Thor hammer on his chest. Oh my, it was all I could stare at the entire <laughs> fight. I was like, well, I don't even remember who I chose. <laughs> this, it looks and, then you, like, and then you saw the mallet and you're like, oh yeah. Oh, it was that guy. Yeah, that was actually exactly what happened. And we were all just like, oh, poor Mearshart. Just getting, just getting the Thiago Santos hammer business. Yeah. So that's one of the ones that I unfortunately missed. When I finally got to where the fights were playing, uh, I saw the – in fact, the Pettis-Miller fight is the one I – I, I, I came in right as the Font and uh, Silva de Andrade fight was ending. So this is one I didn't see. What How did it go down? Violently. Yeah, super violent. <laughs> Santos what I was uh, watching looked it, good. <laughs> when I was watching a little earlier today, I just go, oh, oh. We could stop this. I'm I'm good everywhere oh, here, guys. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of that, I think, over the weekend, but we'll, we'll come back to that. Uh, then Bilal Muhammad gets the decision. Uh, Cody Stammen, I have to say this, because he was fighting uh, Terry Ware, and I was trying to do dishes around the house and like clean up a little bit, and I was doing that thing where nobody else is in the house, but I'm yelling at the TV. Yeah, and I don't know how often this happens with you guys, but I it's especially that way because I know Terry on, and Cody, solid wrestler, starts taunting Terry on at one point in the the, the fight. Terry on gets like a right cross straight into his face, but the taunt and Brian Stan later used a telestrator to show exactly where uh, <laughs> Cody's eyes were. To be like, look, he's looking here, and it looks like he's looking at his groin, you know. And it's just like, what he's doing is he's allowing him to punch him in the face so that he can get the takedown. And lo and behold, I don't think Cody missed one takedown on Tarion. Yeah. But when they were standing up, it was a it was a good fight. So uh, kudos to him and kudos to our pal Tarion. But I mean, those are the the main results. I do want to bring this up. Did either of you get the chance to watch Michael Johnson? Versus Justin Gagey. No, no, no. The UFC tough finale. I did not. Yes. Okay. I, I saw the replay, uh, the really zoomed in replay on YouTube uh, where someone uploaded it and didn't want it to get taken down. So they zoomed in. So I didn't really get to appreciate the whole thing. But yeah, I, I got I got the gist of what happened. It looked like an amazing fight. Sure. Illegal using podcaster. Uh, come on. Don't be a snitch now. Ford. To or to pay for free. Anyway, I guess I'll just I'll I'll report that to the authorities later. Yeah, thank you. What I'll say is this, gentlemen, 
there's been some hype around Justin Gaethje, and it was, does he belong in the UFC? Like, he's got what? I think at the time it was a 17-0 and record, and then you had Michael Johnson, who himself has a lot of power. Michael Johnson catches him very quickly with, I believe, a knee, but it rocks Justin Gaethje, and he's, like, just seeing stars. Like, it looks like this might be called. And then Justin starts working one of the best comebacks I think you will see in the UFC, just period. Yeah. And he's still getting rocked throughout it. And there's a lot to him that I don't know that we're seeing just yet. In his post-fight, and I'll get there uh, to the, the end of the, the fight in a second. But in his post-fight, he said, I want my equal. Bring me my equal. Which is interesting to call for. Like, it's not saying, like, because they're asking him, like, well, who do you want to fight? And he's like, bring me my equal. And it's like, no, <laughs> idiot. Like, call out someone so that we can get you better fights. I want my equal. <laughs> like, well, okay, great. Good job. No wonder it took you so long to get here, kid. So it's not to say that his mic skills are indicative of being bad at fighting. Because that fight was fascinating. And he he took the will out of Michael Johnson. There's no other way to say that other than Justin persevered. He came back. He took horrible shots. And then he did the rock'em sock'em robots kind of punches and knees to Michael Johnson. I can't implore the two of you to watch that fight enough because it was phenomenal. And there's a good reason why we were, we were giving credit to him. Uh, And, Along those same lines, somebody who we should give constructive criticism to, Kevin, is one Todd Grisham. Now, why, why, why do you think we should do that, Kevin? Just wondering. I, I'm curious. What did Todd do? Okay. So, you know, it's International Fight Week, right? Yes. So that means the UFC does all of their big events. No big deal. They've got the Ultimate Fighter finale, their big July card, which is normally supposed to be huge. It's like a week All of those things thing in line. With the UFC, when they do the um, the Hall of Fame, which, by the way, is way weaker than the WWE Hall of Fame, if I'm being honest. But when they uh, bring people out there, uh, Kazushi uh, Sakuraba basically got inducted into the Hall of Fame, right? Awesome. I had friends who were texting me when Todd Grisham was about to say his name going, and look at this Asian guy, right? Like. Wait. What? Cool, with the camera pan <laughs> to Sakuraba. It was like, and um, uh, this guy. Blanked. <laughs> he blanked on who Sakuraba he was? trying to read it, and he just goes, and this guy. Um, Sakuraba. Ichi... Ichiro. Uh, it's not oh, Ichiro, no. dude. So, I have to say, I still am in that phase where anytime I hear Todd and his voice being like, Hello, everybody, and welcome. I go, no. <laughs> and then the next day, you had John Anik, Joe Rogan, and Brian Stan, and they became the new gold standard. Make them it. If you want to input like Dominic Cruz, that's fine, too. Yeah, but definitely no Daniel Cormier. We can do without him. I don't know who we have to impress to make this thing happen. But like Brian Stan and Joe Rogan just seemed like they were pals talking it up and Brian stands doing this really good job of doing the narratives, which he doesn't have to, he's the fighter, but he's doing the narratives. So he's essentially doing the broadcaster's job, which makes me wonder what the fuck is Todd Grisham doing there? I digress. That was my, my, <laughs> they want cross. If I, 
I don't know. If I could tell you guys one more thing, it would be uh, congratulations to – well, let's start by congratulating our pal. We have a mutual pal. We found this off air uh, because some of us used to bounce uh, for a living. Some of us did (laughs) live the life of a bouncer. Well, Kev, some of us used to bounce for a living, and some of us used to interview Hickson for a living. It's yeah, not a big deal. Uh, so, so some of us have GEDs. Come on. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, Diego Lima put together uh, – you know, it was a tough fight. But he is a, a friend of our podcast, and we were rooting for him. And it doesn't end here for him. I hope they give him a contract. Uh, he, he's just a good guy, and I was happy to see him in there. But the winner of the Ultimate Fighter 25 Redemption is none other than Jesse Taylor, who fights with a number of people who we know as well. But uh, a lot of credit should be given to those individuals. So if you guys did watch uh, the Ultimate Fighter live finale, if it goes up on Fight Pass, give it a look. It's pretty good. Um, All in all, a fun, fun set of uh, fights over the weekend. Kevin. Yes. That's going to take us, I think, through all of the UFC stuff. Oh, damn, that is all of them. I thought there were four more. I was all buckled in for another solid <laughs> two hours of UFC <laughs> fights, discussion, Dana being mean to people for no reason. It, You know, it's exhausting to figure out who Dana is always going to be uh, meaner to, I it's guess. It's honestly like he watched all the movies about Steve Jobs and was like, that guy's got it. And he's a dumbass, <laughs> so he's just trying to be like, that's how I do this. You know, Kevin, if you're being honest, he's not watching like any of the like parts where Steve Jobs made Apple. It's just the yelling part. It's just where he's mean <laughs> to his daughter. It's like, oh, yeah, perfect. It's where he abandons his wife or his yeah. girlfriend. It's very And he sits there and he's just like, this is a really fucking upbringing story. I'm going to fucking do that myself. <laughs> I like this guy's style. He's who so do you think mean to people. Who do you guys just... think has gotten it the worst from Dana White? Michael oh. Mighty Mouse. He's, he's threatening to sell his division over that yeah. feud. That's I, the worst. Yeah, that was pretty bad. That uh, is. Uh, that's. My I don't know. Favorite, I mean, actually, of his. If you really go back in the history of things, him and Tito Ortiz had a pretty bad falling out. Tito I've, it. I've heard things about Randy Couture and him having a split, and I've I've been privileged to some things uh, where I have maybe heard Dana. Uh, have less than stellar interactions. But I will say this. I will 100% profess the fact that Dana White adding a stipulation that he gets to box Tito Ortiz is something the history books gloss over. Yeah. Ryan, are you familiar with this story? I am. I am. And that, that I got to admit that that was a pretty gangster move. <laughs> that is the word for it. Yes. Gangster. <laughs> But, like, think about that. What are you? Are you the president of your podcast? Is that what you call yourself? That'd be awesome. uh, just the, ho- the host, yeah. Fine. Sure, the president, CEO. Of, yes, yeah, yeah. Of uh, not entertaining industries. The <laughs> nice part about it is it'd be like if you got into a tiff with, like, one of your fighters. So let's just say that you interview uh, Daniel O'Brien. And then okay. at the end of that, you break bad. You're like, well, you can come on. If we have it in a contract that, um, yeah, I get to take you out in a grappling match. And you're like, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. It's not fighting. It would be like, well, yeah. okay. 
and he's going to do the blindfold thing again. So yeah, <laughs> take that. It's I mean, it's, it's a ballsy move. It's, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a smart move. It just means that it's a ballsy move. You know, and I, but, I have a certain but, amount of respect for that. But then you think about it, and there was no way that fight was ever going to come to fruition. So when people were like, "It fell through," and I'm like, "Did it? <laughs> Did it really?" And people were like, "Yeah, but Dana was, was really training for it. I bet he was when the cameras were around." But you can't convince me otherwise that if a nice pizza's around Dana White, that he's not going to entertain that pizza. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh man! So I guess Kev, we'll be sending a shirt Ryan's direction. Yeah, and, man. Uh, a, working on a promo. Just... Obviously, you know you're headed on vacation here soon. We'll get this taken care of. But uh, I'm excited, Raph. Just you know, continue my supremacy. Over nope. the journalistic nope. podcast market. <laughs> well, before we start closing up with him, I did want to bring up one thing because we said we would talk about this, and it was uh, Joanna Zerzhik. Now, she was stepping up to be a hero here, right? Yes, and that's great. But the one thing that we are kind of glossing over is the fact that people are asking, like, why wouldn't the Nevada State Athletic Commission just give her? The ability to fight. She, she wanted to do it. suspended, didn't she? She got put on like six months or something after her last fight for an injury. I thought, I I thought it was a pregnancy thing. It was a pregnancy test, Kevin. What? That was the make it or break. So apparently you need more than three days notice to get a pregnancy test done. Oh, shut up. Are you? Oh, as if being a woman wasn't hard enough. Oh, my right? God. Why do we do this? I thought they had those instant – that's like an instant test, isn't it? I'm pretty sure all of your uh, ex-girlfriends from high school will probably tell you, yes, that was the case. <laughs> I still that's think that the Nevada State Athletic <laughs> Commission uh, has a little bit more <laughs> rigorous training process than going down to their local dollar store and being like, can I, I say, that pregnancy test? Still go to CVS? Yeah, what's the matter with you guys? <laughs> I just – I love this, which is she stepped up to do it. There was no losing side. She was taking the hero side, and everybody rightfully said, what a fucking warrior. We did that as well. I will say, if you are uh, nothing but uh, uh, filled in with machismo and, and uh, listening to that, I'm pretty sure your response was, you won't see a dude fucking not fight because of a pregnancy test. <laughs> <laughs> Chicks, am I right? Uh. So um, there's really no way we could tell. Never mind. Never. I'm not even. Nope. Doesn't. Oh, come I, on, Kevin. Go for it. There, we can't tell right away. Are you fucking joking? Like you can't. You don't have the technology. What insurance provider does the UFC have? God, they supported <laughs> Trump on this shit too. It's like you need universal health care. Yours sucks. Yours is the worst. You can't get your fucking heavyweight contender over no, a cold. And now, oh, she can't fight tonight. We can't sub in Jedrzejczyk and save the 4th of July in America with a Polish person. Nothing more American than that because she might be pregnant. And there's there's good enough reason to hold off a fight. It's like you don't think she knows? Ah, uh, never mind. Kev, do you think and any baby Joanna was- Jedrzejczyk has is ranked fifth in that UFC division right now tomorrow. Because, Kev, I was wondering this in all honesty. What if she was like... I have talked with the baby, and the baby is okay with <laughs> the it. The baby's fine with it. <laughs> Get her started the, early. 
I've signed a waiver with her baby. It's fine. I will fight her now. And it's just like, wait, are you pregnant? No. But if I didn't have a baby, you. I have given consent. Yes, uh, talking in all hypotheticals and shit. Well, if I did. Yeah, there you go. So I just wanted to make sure we brought that up because I think that was the first time I've heard that used in a way where you did have somebody who could have Anderson Silva rescued the card. And I thought, what an unfortunate moment. And then I couldn't help but think, how do we fix that in the future? Because um, in my brain, she might also know if she was pregnant. You know? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe she might, maybe know she might be able to give you some clarity on that and being like, oh, no, we're good. I know because, you know, and they'd be like, we'll tell us more. And she'd be like, um, just trust no. me. Uh, it's not or unless that's a huge business. problem, which, by the way, is a little overstep on the fucking privacy. No. Why? Yeah. So anyway, I thought I would feel that out for you. Never say we don't do our due diligence here. Adverbal tap. Even for hacks. We try and get to the bottom of it. <laughs> so anyway, well, let's do this. We're now rapidly approaching a decline in our time together. Ryan, if you had any regrets, what were they? Man, I would say uh, not going with uh, the Russian because because I, I I maintained that had I picked that big Russian, I would have won, and oh. uh, and and this just would have been this just would have been an embarrassment for the Verbal Tap podcast. But instead, I'm I, I went against the Russian, which is never a good idea. Shunned defeat. Know. It takes a lot more than that to embarrass this podcast. <laughs> oh, boy, does it? Uh, uh, yeah, typically, you, Raph and I always have differing responses. He's always you know, like, hey, we, we work hard when somebody insults us. Uh, and, well, except when they uh, just say, you know, you suck or something like that. Then it's typically just like, yeah, I mean, we kind of agree with you. Next. <laughs> and uh, I feel the same way. I still feel that way. Well, if that is the case, Kevin, do you have any uh, words of encouragement over to uh, one Ryan over there? Don't let this get you down, Ryan. You know, I'm sure when people said you're not very good at jiu-jitsu, you were like, I'll prove you wrong. And, uh, you know, you're still purple belting it, which I can respect. I feel like it's uh, over the last two years has become the hardest belt. Um, not actually just in terms of the daily training. People are trying to murder every you brown belt just perked up and was like, "Really?" And then every black belt too was just like, "Good stuff." Yeah, you know more than I do, so keep talking. Don't don't shut up. Uh, I think I, I don't look at this as the crushing, soul shattering defeat. It is try and use it as a learning experience. That's that's all I can say. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna have to take it, uh, take it one day at a time, and uh, put the pieces back together, pick them up, and, uh, and just go from here. You know, I appreciate the uh, appreciate the humbling, and uh, we should do it again very soon. You can use whatever well, strategies you and Hickson discussed in private, because he only right. lets 45 percent of the interview be aired. The next 10 hours he spends with you are all private. That's just what I've heard. That's just what I've heard. Absolutely oh. right. Well, Ryan, listen, you have been something to bring on this show and you you that. definitely i mean it's kind of fun to get you on a week where the most people that may ever listen to you will listen to you this week it's all downhill from here <laughs> but the nice part is you chose to go downhill with us and we appreciate absolutely it. man 
GrapplingCentral.com. Yes. The GrapplingCentral.com. Central Podcast. We're on we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, and uh, yeah, again, guys, man, I had I had such a good time being on with you guys, and uh, I'd love to do it again. In fact, uh, for the people listening, uh, I'm going to have both Raph and Kevin on separately uh, next month, so uh, so stay tuned in for that. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me again, man. I had a great time. Well, we appreciated you coming on, and Kev, can, I know I said nice things about him. Can I just like repeat like the part of the podcast from last week where I said <laughs> the nice things, and we just play it again this week? Uh, I can definitely do that. Yeah, you know okay. me. I'm definitely going to yep. edit out that part You're last week. 100 copy pasted into this week's. <laughs> Even the listeners are like, asshole. "Good stuff, Raph. Don't stop with those jokes." <laughs> yeah. You know what they're thinking? They're just like, "Hmm, is Kevin going to do that like, or smoke Ooh. copious amounts of weed that and do nothing?" Doesn't sound like the Kevin we know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some puppy time he's going to miss out on. Well, Ryan, I, again, we can't thank you enough for coming on. We appreciate the offers. We look forward to being on your show. And, you know, it is fun <laughs> when you bring on the other podcasters because you get a vibe of what it is they do. And uh, we always like I, I know that you have a little bit of fun on your show, but we want you to uh, get to do a little bit more than just like having to stress out and like interview people and be like, OK, cool. OK, good i've got this and now i can do this and i gotta be serious i always have to be serious no don't <laughs> laugh and screw it up like we lower the you know, bar That's... now it's just yeah you know it's you're like us no i definitely appreciate it man yeah it, it, it is it is totally a uh, a great break from what i'm normally doing and uh any guys anytime you guys want to have me on i'd be happy to come back so just let me know yeah, we'll negotiate that We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Ryan Ford from the Grappling Central Podcast. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Part two of the podcast, Buckle In. Keenan Cornelius is back. We're going to do a quick hour, 40 minutes after saying goodbye to our friend Ryan about Keenan's return, what it means for jiu-jitsu, what it really means for, I don't know, rap society. What does it mean to you, Kevin? Oh, a lot. And I'm going to hit the audience with a quick psych. We're definitely not going to talk about this for an hour and 40 minutes. Apologies about the psych. But Keenan is back. That's good. Injuries over with. He's social media sassing with some Danaher things mm-hmm. uh, that I think he might have seen you do as a happy birthday to Gordon that he probably saw someone else maybe tag in. I don't know. Uh, but making a lot of comparisons about himself and Nikki Ryan. So mm-hmm. I think we have a... He's read a book and he wanted to make sure people knew it. And I want to say we do know that. We can actually... Mm-hmm. Wins the American Nationals... Keenan's back. He's back. He's, That's why I love that headline. He's back. He could be hot again. He's not hot right now. Ooh, he's not, he's not so hot, hot right, right now. now. No. And that's, that hurts me to say, Raph, because he's always been so hot right now. He could be so hot again right now. He's going to have to warm up. Because, like, he was hanging out with Nikki Ryan, and if we're, like, being honest, so hot right now. Nikki's so hot right now. So like, hot right now. You can just... So there's that. Um, yeah, and it was good to see some nationals, uh, American nationals results coming in. He won uh, one day. I think he won the gi, and I thought that Hanger won the no gi portion. 
of uh, their nice little back and forth. Correct. So kudos to those guys. That is just shocking. You know, I can't. I can't yeah, couldn't have it. seen it coming. So boring. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, but yeah, a lot of our friends went to go compete and good on them. So congratulations awesome. to you guys Tough who tournament. did. I, I like that oh. it's becoming a little bit more of a thing, too. That people are like, no, no, no. We want to win the American Nationals now. Keenan's there. Hanger's there. It's good to have people there. Absolutely. Should I tell you something that's happening to me this week? Maybe. Okay. Is this going to hurt? Um, yeah. Personally, not professionally? Both. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, How do I say this? What are your thoughts on Mayweather and McGregor? Would you like to see the fight between them? Sure. Uh, would you like to see the press conference trash talk a thousand times more than I would like to see the fight? I think the fight's going to be fine. You, the presser is going to be fucking bananas. What if I were to tell you that I have tickets to the very first stop on the Mayweather McGregor or known as the hashtag that apparently doesn't have too many people using it yet. May Mac presser world tour opening night. At the Staples Center. Boom. Fuck you. That's amazing. <laughs> Congrats. That's uh, like this is better than the fight and it's free for you and I. This is what we want. Right. Because yeah. during the fight, we want to be able to interact with people. Can't do that cage side ringside ringside. I'll, I'll be fine, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, man. Yes, I'm, I'm good to roll. I think and, we should probably start anticipating what we're going to do that week. Uh, we should, but the presser, yeah. mind you, Conor McGregor is known for presser antics, and I don't know exactly what Mayweather's are like, but he doesn't strike me as someone that usually likes to get one-upped. Uh, I've written a couple of articles about it. You can check them out at suitedbag.com, but uh, two of my favorites this week were, I wrote something that said, well, it's official. The first official trailer is out. And you may have seen some other ones that you got hype about, but the first official one's out. And do you know the dynamic that they're playing on this one, Kev? Uh, is it the Rocky theme that you've already? No, but I'm going to get to that one. That's, okay. what, that's my favorite thing I wrote, like maybe for the site so far. But it's the idea that McGregor is the phenom and that Mayweather is kind of like the boxing legend. Like, that's the way they're going to play the two, which is like, oh, Mayweather's done so many things and so crazy, but McGregor is the chosen one. McGregor. Yeah. Or is he? So that's kind of how they're playing the the, the dynamic and the, uh, the narrative, which begs me to figure this out. The minute somebody starts talking about money, you're going to see those two become unhinged because those non-disclosures may become disclosures. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the fact that McGregor may figure, yeah, dude, I might lose this thing. So he might go straight into being like, if I think I could potentially lose this, then I better make this the most epic trash talk of all time. (laughs) And if he plays it straight, which why would you have a Staples Center tour that goes to five different places to build it up unless you've got some some crazy shit? I'm just saying, Kev, more excited for this. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty excited to hear what you have to say and what goes on. I could, mm. This could be the last moment this fight is on. They could get into it right then and there. <laughs> we don't know what that deal says. It's undisclosed money. Yep. 
I'm ready for it. Yep. But that's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. You've gotten some UFC chat. You've gotten some more UFC chat. It's going to take us to some shout-outs. I'll start here, Raph. Headed to Rocky Mountain National Park with the Phillips family, who's currently mm-hmm. driving this direction, and the Horn family. Can't wait to see the whole crew. Uh, we're going to bounce around in the mountains a little bit. Massive shout-out to the crew over at Jubera BJJ. Stop by, said hello. Can't roll. Just uh, needed to. Stop by and say hello. We have not successfully worked out the boxing glove situation yet for me. <laughs> so I'm trying to get in maybe one or two times before the surgery, but people are being very supportive and nice. It's always good to okay. see that they're still packing class, figuring stuff out. Finally heard back from John Coombs, so might Ooh. be able to uh, finally pay in on a bet. Raph, that's going to do it for me. That's some good stuff. Tell him I say hello. Will do. All right, let's start here. Let's start with Valley Martial Arts Center. Are you a blue belt? Do you like competition? Yes. No, Kev, this, this isn't like to you. This oh, is sorry. To, like, I, I do this every time. People are listening. This is the worst commercial. We were producing. so there, Kevin. You, let's start it from the top. Raph, yeah, okay, I'm going to okay. remember it's not a conversation just between us this time. Go. That's fine. Hey, you. Are you a blue belt? No. Oh fuck! Fuck again, Kevin. <laughs> what the shit? I'm gonna get. To, I'm, I'm just focused. gonna fucking barrel I'm, through this. Are you a blue belt? Do you like competition? Do you like friendly competition at friendly gyms? I believe Valley Martial Arts Center may be looking for a blue belt competition. More word on that coming up very very soon. I want to give a shout out to our instructor Marcelo, who is taking a very nice trip to I believe is he going to Mexico or Brazil? I don't know, same thing. So he's going out that way. Very excited for him to take some much needed time off. So I think he's going to Brazil. Anyway, so that's some good stuff over on that side. I want to give a shout out to the guys at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. LA JJC. <laughs> we'll work on that. Um, I was trying we're to like getting a wrestler the... thing, and it cut out on me in the beginning. Everybody's fine. <laughs> it did. It, it <laughs> just fell right. Flat tire, guys. <laughs> you know how it goes. You're driving. Uh, there's been a lot of good people who have stopped in, but I want to thank uh, my good friend, Senor Chuck Rooney, who came in to come train with us specifically uh, yesterday. Uh, we had an open mat. He couldn't be nicer. Uh, had some really great insight. He was recently here for the Hayden seminar. And he came back yesterday just because he was in town and he wanted to roll. He's a big guy, but he can roll like a small guy. So it's great training with him. Cannot say enough good things. So shout out there. I want to go ahead and shout out the USSGL and specifically my media team. We trained this morning. We got a little bit in and then we were able to uh, put out the videos. If you like those videos, please share them because they are being put together by Octavio Villanueva and Mike Frosto of uh, Frosto Creative. Those two guys are working their asses off, and they put out a video that we're very proud of. Again, if you like it, share it. It's basically showing you what's going down on August 12th and 13th. On August 12th, we have a awesome invitational that's going. There's going to be eight men, and then there's going to be an eight women, two brackets. What we're going to do is the winner of the men's and the winner of the women's are going to get $1,000 each. But uh, we want to make it a big spectacle. There's going to be, like, DJs. There's going to be, like, cocktails, VIP experience. You name it. 
we are putting together a show for you guys. Then the next day, we're getting back up and we're making an open invitational, or I'm not open invitational, an open tournament for all those who want to compete for the low, low price. Guys, guys, get in on this real quick because prices will go up by the time this hits next week. On July 15th, the prices go up. But right now, you can get in. Adults, I believe, what, you're $50 and kids are $40 this week? And I'm going to tell you this right now because I like you guys. If you use the promo code L-A-J-J-C-L-U-B, we'll give you five bucks off. I'm not saying that's going to, like, change your mind or anything. But here's the thing. If you do come to compete with us on the 13th, you get free admission into the open invitational or the invitational on the 12th so make an experience have a weekend with us it's going to be a lot of fun it's on the broadway pier in san diego there's an aircraft carrier right next to us people we're alongside the ocean you're gonna want to do it you are so you can sign up for that over at ussgl.com backslash register we hope you guys will uh come join us and if you just want to spectate we got spectator tickets as well you can find out more information about that as well at ussgl.com and uh you know I'm just I'm excited for this Mayweather McGregor thing. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So me and Frost are going to go, and we're going to have a good time. So, them's my shout outs. Although I do want to say, uh, there was one individual who said that we might shout him out, and that if we shout him out, it would like change his life. Kevin, yeah, you know this? Uh, no, I didn't. But I'm always yeah. excited to change someone's life with a shout out. And I'm wondering, do we do that this week, or do we do it another time, Kevin? Uh, I say we do it now. Is there a vibrating phone on your microphone? Yes, there is. Somebody is calling me. And <laughs> I wish I could do more about that, but I can't take that call right now. <laughs> so sorry, listeners. So to one Christopher James Velez, uh, we want to say thank you very much for being such a great, great listener and uh, a great participator on the uh, Facebook. You are a an excellent addition to our show. Thank you very much. Hey, I'll do it for me. That that's gonna do it for you. You're all set now. That'll oh, good. do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night. I'm gonna fight. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time.